Hello, and welcome to IRI Growth Insights, featuring IRI thought leaders, industry partners, and guests. For more than 40 years, IRI has been known for its invaluable data, but these podcasts delve into the insights the data reveal to fuel market disruption and market growth for those in the CPG, retail, healthcare, and media markets. I'm your host, Joan Driggs, coming to you from IRI's corporate headquarters in Chicago. Hello, and welcome to IRI Growth Insights. Um, This is both a timely and a very special episode because it's the first of what I hope will be many um, with my colleague, Darren Seifer. Darren is Executive Director, Industry Analyst, Food and Beverage at what I'll refer to as Legacy NPD um, because earlier this year, IRI and NPD merged. We haven't quite come up with our new company name yet, but Hopefully with this podcast and other efforts, we're demonstrating that we're better together. So welcome to Growth Insights, Darren. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Before we jump in um, and kind of get an outlook on this upcoming holiday season, can you tell us a little bit about your work and the lens through which you view food and beverage? Yeah, certainly. So At IRI, you guys do a great job of looking at what's selling, who in the household is uh, purchasing it, you know, what the the basket is like. At NPD, we think of ourselves as the next step in the process. We're able to go down and say, which individual in the house is eating the particular item? And that's an important distinction between purchasing and consumption. And I, I think actually a great example is the category of eggs. So you guys are going to say this number of cartons sold of eggs, and that's great. What we're able to do is say X percent of the time when eggs enter the home, they're eaten as is, they're put into batters to make cakes, for example, or they're added on top of salads as an addition to that dish. And so it's it just really completes the picture. And I'm frankly very excited about this merger because we're able to tell this complete story of path to purchase, path to consumption, and what drives the renewal of that process. Well, I think that that was absolutely the best example um, because, of course, when I thought of eggs, I'm like eggs in the basket. And that's just the start of the journey, isn't it? So, or the middle of the journey, if you will. So great example. And you're absolutely right. I am very excited about telling more of the complete story. And one of the things that I really value about MPD is the very many categories that you track. You know, it's automotive, it's tech, it's apparel, it's toys, it's books. So you're really looking at total spend, you know, total lifestyle spend, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, we we could look at general merchandise and, and see what the relationship is as, for example, what we're doing right now is understanding what the impact of inflation is. And we're seeing food prices, uh, food at home and food away from home prices are going up dramatically. And that has an impact on what we spend elsewhere. We always have to remember it's the same wallet, whether we're buying uh, a mobile phone or buying groceries. And the fact that grocery prices are much higher right now, we're hearing from consumers that they're going to pull back on things like restaurant usage, but they're also going to pull back on things like apparel because food prices are so high. 
when you think about it, we really can't put off our food and beverage expenditures. This is a matter of survival, but we can put off things like apparel, new mobile phones, um, accessories, things that we don't necessarily need in the moment. And so it, it's a great way to show the relationship of how changes in how we're spending on one areas of our wallet is impacting the other. It's so interesting. And you are really laying the groundwork for what I think is going to be a great conversation because you're giving me ideas of of where we can go with this. Um, But today, you know, we're really looking at an outlook on the upcoming holiday season. And we're still in October when you and I are having this conversation, but we're already predicting an expensive Thanksgiving with food prices up, as you mentioned, like right now, it's about 13% versus a year ago. Um, But that's just um, part of it. So how likely is this inflation to dampen our holiday spirit this year? Well, here's the overarching theme. Consumers are still going to have their holiday celebrations. That's tradition. Those are things that bring us together after months of, let's just call it turmoil. These are things that give us a relief from the things that we've been dealing with all along. So those traditions are going to continue. The inflationary period might cause some consumers to do things a little bit differently. So are they going to have the same number of dishes that go around the table? That could be something that changes. Or instead of the host family preparing everything, perhaps what they might do is ask their friends, families to bring other things to make it more of a potluck. That way it's more of a shared expense. So it's going to happen. It's just a matter of how all those dishes come to fruition. Yeah. And, you know, I like the idea that you're looking at this in a couple of different scenarios, because when we look at our consumer survey, we do see that there are going to be quite a number of of people at the table, you know, more than seven people on average. But when we drill in a little bit, we see that those youngest consumers the um, young, the Gen Z and younger millennials are anticipating about 10 people at the table. So that could be anything from a Friendsgiving or just them stepping into taking ownership of this, um, this holiday celebration. And that to me kind of signals a few things. I loved the idea of maybe potluck because especially for younger households, there might not be as much confidence in the kitchen or it could be a matter of affording the groceries. Um, it, to me, it's like a, a, a passing of the baton, if you will. So I think that it's it's interesting to have more people involved. But how is this going to impact like where they shop or how they shop? Um, are they going to be shopping earlier? Do they know what they're going to be preparing? In terms of shopping and when they're going to do their shopping, I I feel like it depends on the category that they're shopping for. So things like canned items, the shelf-stable items, they might be able to do that a little bit further in advance. But when you think about those fresh items, they only last so long in the refrigerator. So I I don't think this is going to necessarily be like um, in some of those general merchandise categories, where sometimes you could make the holiday season start a little bit sooner so you could get ahead of a competitor. I, I don't really see that necessarily happening so much with the holidays, again, because things can go bad. And and we definitely don't want that before people come over. Uh, The interesting thing that you brought up about some of those younger consumers who are all of a sudden making their Thanksgiving meals, I think that's a function of what we saw over the last couple of years. 
You know, we saw in 2020 when people were very afraid to get on planes and travel, all of a sudden, some of these younger consumers had to figure out how to carry on these traditions without going to the family members who knew how to cook and prepare all of these items. And so, yeah, maybe it was kind of something that they slapped together or maybe some of their friends helped them out and, and put some dishes together for them. But it's almost as if these consumers are starting to figure this out at a younger life state than we would have expected them to. And not to mention that places like TikTok are very popular for some of these younger consumers. Uh, I, I got on it recently because I really wanted to see what they were doing. And there are so many accounts that show these consumers how to make foods and beverages for that matter that take very little time or just aren't very complicated. And, and I think the way that they present it is interesting too. They usually don't tell you, you know, follow this recipe strictly. They show you visually how to do it. And so they kind of make it casual. And so when you're thinking about consumers in that life stage, that's typically when we have very little acumen in the kitchen. And so these types of videos are very, very helpful for these younger consumers because it makes it easy for them to make foods and beverages. You know, I just, uh, I recently had a conversation with um, Chris Dubois and he heads up our protein business and he was talking about a very similar thing, you know, that that it's social media and TikTok in particular where young people are going for their inspiration. And one of the things that really struck me that he commented on that I was kind of like, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's all about um, visualization to your point, but how it's to be served, you know, what it's going to look like. It almost goes in with the whole Pinterest thing of what the whole table's going to look like. Um, and I have a Gen Z daughter. And let me tell you, she has dialed up our our display game, you know, our our table setting and stuff, 100 degrees. I mean, it's just it's such a far cry from where I grew up, where it's like the proper table linen and making sure that everything's set properly. Yeah, when you think about it, the the visual visualization is kind of a, a, a blending of a, let's say, YouTube and Pinterest together, because mm -hmm. it's not only informational, and it, it gives you steps to follow, but it also helps you see what it should actually look like, right? And that's not something you always see in a recipe or in a recipe book. There's pictures, but you know, you have someone actually talking to you and showing you how to do it at the same time. Another element that's new, newer or newish is shoppable recipes. And so when people find these new recipes, and it's not just the youngest shoppers, but you can just load the entire recipe onto your phone, which is to me a fantastic branding effort and goes back to different ways that brands and retailers can merchandise products um, to shoppers of all ages, but in this case, younger shoppers. Um, and I wanted to kind of like circle that back a little bit to inflation because these people are going to be looking for deals. So do you get a sense that deals are going to be in place this holiday season, you know, to draw those shoppers into the store? Last year, it was all about inflation or supply chain. This year, it's about inflation. But I see the, um, the need for shoppers to be really looking for deals. We definitely are dealing with a more cost-conscious consumer this season versus last. And so if they could find deals digitally, that might be someplace where they're going. 
Um, we still see digital ordering for foods and beverages elevated compared to the pre-pandemic period. So it's still something that we're doing in greater numbers. On the in-home side, it's come down a little bit from its peak as people have gotten more comfortable going back into grocery stores. On the food service side, we're still seeing digital ordering. It's remaining uh, near its peak uh, of 2020. Uh, so we're definitely going to be seeing more of that digital ordering. If the digital ordering can provide the consumer with some kind of savings, some kind of deal, and, you know, hey, even the deal could even be that I don't have to go to the grocery store and deal with all these other people there in crowds. That's also a value that consumers are looking for. So, uh, you know, it, and I think there might be some some brand switching going on this year, too, um, because of pricing. I, I, I think people know and love the brands that they typically have, but if their budget is just getting too squeezed. And when they look at the total price, when they're about to check out and they say, maybe we need to make some different decisions here. There might be a little bit of that going on. But um, but I do think we're going to see some some people looking for deals. Now, are the deals going to be there? That's the question. <laughs> so uh, well, that's, and that's, that's going to be determined. Yeah, we haven't seen promotions bounce back, you know, the way we anticipated at the start of the year. Again, we thought, oh, once the supply chain catches up, these promos are going to come back because, to your point, people are more comfortable shopping in stores and are willing to go to multiple stores to find the best deals. Um, we see the same thing. People are trading down. People are going more for private label options. Um, they're going from store to store looking for the deals. So to me, if you're a manufacturer or a retailer and you can get people in the store with some promotions, they don't even have to be as deep as they were. That's the way to go. At the same time, I'm going to play a little devil's advocate here. In the last recession, 2008, 2009, not saying we're in one now, I'm not an economist, but <laughs> the last time we saw consumers who were financially challenged with high inflation, uh, I took a look at how many dishes actually made it around the Thanksgiving table. And actually, 2008 and 2009 were actually peak years for number of dishes that made it around the table. And I know it sounds counterintuitive. Those were some challenging times for consumers, but yet we're, we're splurging on this. Well, it's kind of like what I was saying earlier. I think that as we, as we have been experiencing a lot of stressful times, you know, we've had COVID, there's war in Europe and the effects that it's causing uh, across the world. Consumers are looking for an escape to all of that. And uh, back in the day, 2008, 2009, I called it frugal fatigue because consumers were just crimping. They were finding ways to save money. But then when the holidays came around, this was kind of a chance to just let it go for a little bit. So, yeah, will be, people be looking for deals? I, I think it's possible at the same time, though, given the demand for just to be around your loved ones and family members and to just to, to have a great time with them could override some of those needs for deals. I really like that. That's a really great observation. Um, I do want to point out like one little difference that I saw because I, I completely agree. You know, CPG really weathers this well. Like our grocery industry really weathers this well because to your point earlier, it's it's necessary, but it's also a lot more affordable in terms of an indulgence than some of the other categories that you traditionally track. But when it was the last re recession, People could trade down. There were cheaper cuts of meat, turkey actually being one of them. There were, you know, you could buy canned goods versus fresh. fresh. But in this instance, prices are up 
everywhere, you know, and again, different places. I, I noted that beverage alcohol right now is only up about 4% compared to dairy, which is up more than 20%. So lots of differences across the store, but prices are up a lot everywhere. You know, that that could certainly have an impact. So it could maybe, are they going to make two pans of these sweet potato dish? Or are they going to make just one pan this year? You know, that could be ways that consumers still get what they're used to having, but maybe keep the cost in check by not making a so much that they're going to have a ton of leftovers at the end of the day. Well, depending on what the leftovers are, I'm completely in favor. I One of my favorite things is that turkey sandwich the next day. So one reason to <laughs> Turkey host. sandwich, turkey salad, <laughs> there turkey you tetrazzini. Go. Yes. In your world, you track not only the food that's consumed at home, but what's consumed, what we would call on-premise at bars and restaurants. So how are some of the inflationary pressures that you see people experience with food at home impacting how they're engaging with bars and restaurants? Sure. So we're still seeing inflated rates of meals coming from the home compared to restaurants versus 2019. Inflation is is definitely part of that. Uh, There's still some consumers who just prefer to be at home. Working from home is still elevated. So that just also naturally puts people closer to their pantries. But certainly with the way prices are these days, it's going to keep consumers closer to the pantry versus going to a restaurant. Now, some of you might be looking at numbers like the uh, the price of an average meal from home versus away from home. Uh, we are definitely seeing increases in the home. And the rate does seem to be a little bit faster in the home. But it's much more affordable to eat a meal from the home compared to a restaurant. And consumers know that. It's more than three times the cost to get a meal from an average restaurant compared to what it would cost to have that meal in the home. That's why we're continuing to see these elevated number of meals coming from the home. Part of it, too, is that it is the people who can afford it and the people who can't afford it. And I understand that even the people, you know, who kind of are affording, many of them are trading down, you know, it's more of the same behaviors in grocery applied to restaurants where you're just going to a more affordable place. One important upswing that we saw throughout the pandemic, of course, was that people made a concerted effort to try and keep some of these restaurants in business by utilizing takeout. And a lot of restaurants pivoted. Do you still see that occurring? And is that even maybe a a solution around the holidays? Well, yeah, we definitely saw off-premise restaurant traffic improve uh, dramatically during the pandemic, mostly because on-premise wasn't available for much of that period. Now, we're starting to see it revert back. I, I call this the boomerang effect. We're starting to see things get a little bit closer to 2019 levels. But on-premises traffic is still a little bit lower today than it was in 2019. Now, where restaurants could play a role in the holidays are perhaps on some takeout items, you know, where maybe pies or desserts could be one way that they could save the consumer time. Or some of those things that maybe actually take a lot of time and maybe consumers don't really know how to make something like a pie. So that could be one way that restaurants can play a role. And, you know, I could even see grocers doing the same thing as well. 
some of those ready to eat or ready to heat items are one way that they could give time back to consumers so they could spend extra time with their loved ones in their homes versus preparing and still making all the foods and just taking time away from that bonding that they're so desperately looking from one another. So there, I, I do think there are some opportunities for takeout and ready to eat solutions. Yeah. And, you know, for both restaurants and for grocery stores, those items are great differentiators. But if you're looking for reasons to get people to come to your store, you almost have to have some kind of a signature experience or signature item. And those are great examples. So Darren, as we wrap up, I wanted to get your view on the holiday outlook. And I know that MPD publishes a report every year that talks about how people will be spending or how people are feeling about the upcoming holidays. And it's available on your website, npd.com. But if you could give us a little snapshot of what we can anticipate for the next couple of months. Well, the, the intention to start holiday shopping this year is a little bit earlier than what we saw last year. Um, about half of consumers say that they're going to start their shopping by Thanksgiving Day. Um, and actually, when we break it out month by month, September or earlier, uh, September or earlier, we see more consumers versus last year saying they're going to start during that time and a little bit lower in November. So the, the intention there is to start making their holiday shopping a little bit sooner than they did last year. Um, in terms of what they're going to be gifting, you know, we one of the things we also look at are things like experience, experiences or things that are intangible. Um, we see that fewer consumers intend to buy experiences this year. Uh, it looks like it's going to be more about uh, actual physical gifts for consumers this year. So yeah, so look for a little bit earlier shopping this year. Uh, again, they're probably going to start looking for deals. And, and uh, the fact that they're shopping earlier means they don't want to wait to the last minute when A, things are out of stock, and B, that probably means prices are going to be even higher. Excellent. That's fantastic. So I just want to recap a couple of the things that I heard from you, and that is that the holiday celebration is back and it is not, you know, it's going to be traditional, but a lot of people at the table, maybe some of those hosts are going to be younger, um, the Gen Zs and younger millennials. And it it might look a little bit different. It might be more of a potluck. Um, you have given two very valid sides of what the side situation could be, either more because we're in really turbulent times or fewer because of inflation. Inflation is going to have a big impact. Um, I know that we're working on a big report right now that talks about how big of a financial impact. So stay tuned for that. But people are going to be deal seeking. They're going to be out there looking for the deals, shopping early where they can on those shelf-stable products that you mentioned. Um, we'll put off buying the fresh stuff until a little closer to the the, the Thursday in November. Um, and again, with that, I hope that the lucky people out there with enough leftovers can feel that they really did get a lot of, a lot of bang for their buck this Thanksgiving. What are your plans for Thanksgiving? <sighs> You know what? We're sticking closer to home, but um, we're going down the street to neighbors. And can I just tell you, that's going to be the best part because we'll contribute. We're going to be part of that potluck, but the onus is not on me to iron all those linens. That's a good place to be. Um, not exactly the same situation. I'm going to be traveling this year. 
Um, I live in Colorado. My parents live in Florida and my brother lives in New Jersey. So we're all descending on New Jersey this year. So I too do not have to plan it out the day. So maybe I'll show up with a bottle of wine or something like that. That's fantastic. Well, safe travels. And I hope that um, the airlines are good to you this year. Darren, thanks again. And I look forward to our next conversation. I look forward to it as well. Thank you for listening. Please become a subscriber and let us know what you want to learn more about. We'll serve it up in a future IRI Growth Insights episode. Look for us wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to review IRI Growth Insights. Also, visit us on the web at iriworldwide.com and connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn.